Welcome back to another installment of the Market Leaders Podcast. I'm David Ackert, and today I'm here with Trish Lilly, who is the Chief Marketing and Business Development Officer at Fox Rothschild. She's a 30-year veteran in our industry, having held senior marketing roles at several AMLA 100s, including Fox Rothschild. Trish, great to have you on the program. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Trish, tell me a little bit about your background, your firm. Give us some context. I come at legal marketing and business development perhaps from a somewhat unconventional background. I started in life as a journalist. I moved into legal services at a major metropolitan bar association. And then my first law firm job had everything from soup to nuts. I was doing CLE and pitches and proposals and associate development and corporate forms databases. And here I am today as a a chief marketing officer at Fox Rothschild, which is also a somewhat unconventional AMLA 100 firm. It's doubled in attorney population in the past eight years. We have 850 lawyers, 22 offices, 17,000 active clients, um, which can present uh, both challenges and opportunities along with some comic moments <laughs> along the way. And, uh, and we have about probably 40 to 60 practice areas, depending on the way the wind is blowing on a given day. So Again, Fox is a little bit out of the norm of the standard large law firm in the U.S., but it's becoming a little bit more conventional as it grows. Yeah, it sure does grow. Doubled in size over the last, what did you say, eight years? Um, yeah. I'm sure due in no small part to your contributions uh, in your role. So there are components to that, right? There's initiatives that you no doubt have spearheaded that have been particularly successful and resident at the firm. There's also the way that you've managed and mentored your own team. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's start with some of the initiatives that you feel have been instrumental in helping the firm grow. So I think a big component of my role when I first came in was to educate the attorneys about what's smart in terms of business development and what's not. So we mounted a very comprehensive education program that continues but has evolved over over eight and a half years. But we do a lot of education in-house for the lawyers. We do a lot of coaching, basically built up a strong business development function that had not really been there before. And in terms of initiatives more recently, with the growth we've had, I mean, lateral integration is an enormous part of what we focus time on and resources on. So, you know, it's great to bring in 100 lawyers in Minneapolis, as we did about a year and a half ago. But if you can't make them part of the fabric of the firm, if you can't institutionalize their clients in a Fox way, then it's sort of all for naught. So we spend a lot of time analyzing existing clients, existing contacts, the contacts and clients of those who we're bringing into the fold, looking for synergies, how can we better serve clients, what are some value adds we can bring to the table, um, and leading that. um, Because a lot of times when people are new to a firm, um, there may be some hesitancy, there are trust issues that need to be overcome. Marketing, a lot of times, will lead that sort of initiative. We do it sort of cross-practice. We'll do geographic focuses, that sort of thing. Maybe a difference with us versus some larger firms is that I really believe in a culture of, um, I don't want to say accommodation, but definitely collaboration in terms of our department. That is not to say that we rubber stamp every wacky idea that comes in the door. We certainly don't say yes to every desire, but I think it is a continual conversation that you need to have with partners 
where, you know, they may come to you with an idea that's not refined enough or just really truly off the rails. But rather than just say no, I want our business development managers, our communications professionals to have a conversation and sort of distill what's the objective that might make sense for you. That's sort of the way that we operate. I really try to to partner with the lawyers. I mean, ultimately, they're paying our mortgages. So, you know, again, not a yes culture. I've worked at some firms where there's almost a dismissiveness about the lawyers or their level of sophistication, and I don't think that's a, a great way to go with things. Yeah, I think it's important that your team is able to have that strategic conversation with them. So what are you trying to accomplish? What's the objective here? Let's see if we can work together to massage this idea into something that can really be implemented. Um, That's part of an effective internal uh, team's protocol, and it sounds like you've developed that. Uh, I want to circle back to something you said earlier about building the internal BD function. A lot of firms are struggling with this. They have people on their team who are strong in the Marcom area, but not necessarily as strong on BD, and yet we're in an environment now where the BD focus is more important than ever. How have you managed to transition some of your team who perhaps were stronger in the marketing arena initially so that they are able to bring more business development value to the table? Um, I really think um, education is key for any marketing slash BD staff. And again, not to lowbrow what it is our lawyers do or what it is that we do, but if you went to sell refrigerators at a major retailer, you would understand the differences between different models. You would understand the features that make one more useful for a large family versus one being better for a single person, you know, whatever it is. So if you're going to sell lawyer services, be it through a persuasive practice description, a well-crafted bio, an on-point, you know, flyer, or coaching that lawyer about how to tease out business development opportunities from networking um, events or, or whatever it happens to be. You really need to understand what they do, and you need to understand what differentiates them from a competing firm or a competing attorney why would someone come to them? What are the selling points? So I think education is key. I really push for my folks to go to, regardless of what team they're on internally within the marketing department, I pushed for them to go to practice group meetings, to go to the CLEs that we put on both internally and for clients. I want them to understand the substance of what they do. You know, having some context benefits the person who's working for you. I think they they begin to feel more invested in their job, but it also benefits the firm and the lawyers. And in building a business development function, it can't just be the business development team. You want everyone. My director of communications and I have worked together at five different firms, and she has fabulous ideas for business development. Even though she's on the Marcom side, she knows the industry. She reads every publication that's out there. So she doesn't want to be someone who's out on the front lines coaching attorneys. It's just not in her personality. But that doesn't mean that she doesn't bring great ideas to the table that then fuel business development activity. So just getting people well-versed in what it is the firm does, what its strong points are, and what you're actually trying to sell or the lawyers are trying to sell, um, you know, that's, that's a very basic first step. So understanding what the lawyers do, what they're trying to sell, participating in client education initiatives so that you really are seeing firsthand at least one of the forums in which the lawyers are selling their services to a room full of clients. These are all parts of the education that goes on internally to help orient your team around more of a BD mindset. 
I have a question for you. So I imagine you do a lot of mentoring. It sounds like this internal professional development focus is very much a passion for you. What are some other things that you directly communicate to your team, whether that's through mentoring moments or uh, advice that you give them or you know, maybe resources you make available to them that you think are important uh, for their development and success? It's truly a passion of mine, um, perhaps because I'm an old dog and I've, <laughs> there's not that many new tricks out there. So, you know, part of what I find personally fulfilling is seeing someone go from being, you know, a co-op student or an intern and then rising to the rank of senior manager on our team, as I have done with some of our folks at this point at Fox. I stress openness to ideas. I stress that you should be open. You should try not to have too high a level of cynicism. I really want them to soak up information, bring a lot of ideas to the table, not be dismissive of things. So just, you know, in terms of general comportment and how they approach life on a day-to-day basis, you know, think about things. You never know. I mean, the next big idea is something that most people would say that's crazy. And then, you know, suddenly everyone's getting into cars with strangers to get a ride somewhere. Hello, Uber. So, you know, just making sure they're open to things. Again, I do stress knowing substantively what's going on at the firm, both because it helps you to do your job better, but also you're going to hold much more sway with an attorney and be able to gain credibility with them much more quickly if you substantively, at least to some degree, understand their practices, because lawyers are cynical and dismissive. So, you know, I mean, if you have the misfortune of maybe looking young and maybe you're, you are in your late 20s, early 30s, and So, you know, you've got some lawyer, some partner in his 50s who's litigated before the Supreme Court or whatever it happens to be. You need to have some gravitas when you come to the table with ideas. So getting yourself up to speed. And again, in terms of investing resources, I recommend the nutshell books a lot of times to folks. Um, We are heavily involved with LMA, but a lot of other professional organizations. And um, I send people pretty routinely to programming outside of the firm. I have also put in place a mentoring program within our department. So at managerial level staff mentoring a comm intern or a BD assistant or something like that. Um, everyone comes at things from a different way. And as I say to baby lawyers, as I facetiously call them, I say the same thing to junior staff is you, you never know who has something to offer. So it could be the guy in the mailroom who knows how to file your brief at the last second when you have no idea. So don't be a jerk, you know, and I say the same thing to my my team. Don't sort of say, oh, well, that person only does PowerPoint, so I don't have anything to, to gain from a conversation with them. You really don't know that. That's great. I'm counting five. So the first is, uh, first and foremost, be generally open to ideas. Come to the table with an open mind. Don't bring the skepticism or cynicism that you might see among some of the lawyers. Number two, study and understand your firm and the lawyers, their practices, so that you really know what it is that they're doing and what they're trying to sell. Number three, research and absorb industry information through a variety of channels, including outside programming uh, through LMA and so on. Number four, contribute your ideas. Don't be afraid to speak your voice and and forward the conversation internally among your team. And number five, seek out allies and guides. You never know where you're going to find someone who can uh, provide your next insight. It's great that you're in a culture here that embraces this kind of ideation and and provides feedback around that. Uh, I think that that helps these five things really manifest among your team. And clearly, you're somebody who's advocating for them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's unusual. Um, At least it's been 
I've worked at some great firms, but the level to which values and invest in staff and and education is, I think, you know, makes it a a different sort of firm. Um, Not that these things don't come without a price. I mean, anytime anyone goes to a program that costs me more than $1.50, I expect them to come back stand up like a grown-up and present to the rest of the team on what they learned so that um, there really is, you know, a key substantive element that they have to come back with because they'll be presenting on it and they'll be facing questions from senior staff and, and others. One thing I didn't mention that I do think is important is to empower your team to give feedback and input. I know millennials get a bad name nowadays a lot of times, and uh, probably 85% of my staff is comprised of millennials, and I think I have a pretty cool staff. One of the things I think that's key to folks across the board, millennials as well, is feeling invested, feeling a sense of ownership, having skin in the game. So I really do try to be extremely inclusive in how we interview new staff members, how we vet new ideas or initiatives across the team. I don't use the standard firm self-evaluation. I put one together that I want my team to fill out so that we get feedback. I have probably too many meetings, but I have senior manager meetings, manager meetings. We have a general staff meeting. And once a quarter, I have a meeting with anyone who's not exempt, um, not at a managerial level. We just call it lunch with Lily. But it removes a couple of levels that are in between myself as CMO and the staff who are in non-exempt roles, largely entry level or more junior roles. And we have kind of a free ranging discussion of ideas. I'll throw an agenda out there, but a lot of things get put on the table. And I, I think it's important for people to feel that their ideas are at least heard and considered, if not always implemented. I think that's such an important point. I, I agree with you. Millennials do get, I think, unfairly criticized. Now, certainly there's a, a double-sided or double-edged sword here, but the uh, fact that they've been driving a feedback loop within our organizations has led to a very valuable communication dynamic that wouldn't have been there without it. So sure, sometimes Mm -hmm. it might be annoying or time-consuming or just something that the older generations aren't used to, but the fact of the matter is it is a contribution and uh, we're much better off embracing it and harnessing it for its value than we are just whining about it. So I'm I'm totally on board with you. Most of my team are millennials too, and I've found them to be very valuable in that regard. I mean, it can lead to amusing moments. I did at one point uh, tell for a lunch at Lily, say to everyone, you know, look at other firms. I want you to come with two ideas you think are really interesting or different or whatever that we aren't doing now. And let's talk about whether it would work here, you know, whether it wouldn't, whatever. And, of course, they came with all these ideas that related to benefits and perks versus business development. So, you know, rather than kind of uh, chuckle at them, I said, all right, well, we'll go down this path and see where it goes. So... Sometimes you have unintended results. Yeah, that's right. Well, it sounds like you're creating a a robust training ground for anyone who is interested in accelerating their career and their development at Fox. I applaud you for that. I have a question for you. Now, as you said earlier, you made the joke about old dogs and new tricks, and there aren't a lot of new tricks out there. And yet, we have to constantly push ourselves, even those of us who have been at this for a while, to uh, expand our own boundaries and develop ourselves. So where do you find that input? I look a lot to the large accounting firms. I do a lot of reading of consulting firms, both their products and taking a look at how they're marketing themselves. Uh, I get my Harvard Business Review daily brief. And one resource that I think is totally undersold, but it's such a nice snippet, it's it's called Knowledge at Wharton. So Wharton is, I I believe, the uh, top-rated business school in the country at the University of Pennsylvania. 
my knowledge of Wharton comes out about once a week. It usually has really fascinating articles on any number of industries or issues, management issues. It really runs the gamut, and I get some great stuff from that. A lot of times they interview people from different industries. There was a piece last week about encouraging creativity among your team to resources like that that are a little bit outside of the legal marketing fold. And then also Fox's corporate practice, like everything else at Fox, is a little bit unconventional and focuses primarily on entrepreneurs and emerging companies and that sort of thing. So there's a lot of great ideas you can get from that. That's great. Well, we are in a fast-changing environment, and it's good to be looking at uh, other industries, whether it's accounting or emerging growth companies that are really embracing uh, those changes and perhaps are a little more nimble than law firms tend to be in implementing them. I, I applaud you for keeping your eye on the horizon, and I'm sure you're able to bring some of those ideas back to the firm uh, as, whenever the firm is ready for them. That's always the big issue, right? Like, when, when can we pull the trigger? Exactly. Well, Trish, it's been a, a, an absolute pleasure uh, hearing about some of the work that you're doing at Fox Rothschild. The, your, I particularly applaud you and your focus in mentoring your team and helping them to be more successful in their careers and at the firm. And uh, again, I just appreciate your time and, and your insights uh, for this podcast. Terrific. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. It's been a fun conversation.